Welcome to Emerge Mobile First. I'm your host, Jordan Bryant. Here at Emerge Mobile First, we're unlocking the insights, trends, and resources driving the latest in business innovation. If you are new to the podcast, Rapid Fire Friday is more of a quick hit list of some of the key resources our guests use in their day-to-day. And to get the full list of all the resources we've compiled from all the interviews to date, head over to www.emergemobilefirst.com and select the Get Free Resources button. And we'll send you access to the constantly updated list of resources from all of our guests. All right, now let's get to this week's resources from this week's featured guest. And here's a quick intro and recap of who we're talking to. Brian Ahare is the digital health evangelist at Aetna, working on their Medicity business. He's a nationally known worker in digital health with a focus on health data exchange, use, and analytics. He specializes in digital health, electronic health record, health information exchange, population health management, and IT infrastructure to support new payment and care delivery models. So, Brian, are you ready for some rapid-fire questions? I am. I like rapid-fire questions. I don't know what to do, though. That's the thing. They're a little scary. So this is fun. I'm on the edge of my seat. First off, what's your definition of innovation? Well, I think innovation is when you are able to see something that is beyond what is normally the normal practice, right? And oftentimes that comes when you're coming from a different sort of viewpoint, right? So I came, I wasn't in healthcare. I came from technology into healthcare. You came from medicine into technology. I think that that's really valuable. People will ask me, you know, they're trying to be a real innovative startup and they've got some good ideas, uh, things they might be able to do with healthcare. And what is it? Is it better to have someone with a healthcare background or a technology background? Or should we hold out for somebody that's expert really in both? Mix it up. I think it's good to have both, not necessarily in one person either, but to have both that you have cross-fertilization of ideas. And that spurs innovation. I don't want to use the tired cliche outside the box thinking, but I just did. But that's really what it's all about is being able to find a new way of doing things, open up new neural pathways in your mind that can then find creative. That's sort of the root of creativity is where innovation springs from. So would you put more of an emphasis on the idea or the execution? And then how would you weigh each with a percentage and why? I think it's almost 50-50, right? So that makes it an easy answer. In some respects, but it it depends, I think, also on where along the journey you are. In the very beginning, obviously, the idea is everything because you're not executing it yet. But you're probably thinking of a strategy for execution. At least you'd better be. And so in the end result, though, execution is everything because you can have the greatest idea in the world. But if you can't implement it, then what good was that? You're not going to succeed. Most of the time, the failure doesn't come from the idea. It comes from the execution. So I'll give it a little higher weight. I'll say overall throughout the entire journey of an idea, you know, from the germ of an idea to, you know, Eureka, this is a great idea. And then trying to implement it to the end of maybe providing a solution somewhere. 70% for the execution and 30% for the idea. Others might disagree. One reason I do that is because I have wacky ideas all the time. And then people tell me, oh, that you should have done that. Maybe they weren't so wacky. So what has been your biggest learning experience on your career journey so far? I think probably is the people that I've met, right? And where 
if you just have, you know, sort of reading the book by its cover and, and a shallow look at the individual, you know, you're not thinking, you're thinking, first off, maybe you're not real fond of them because you have this sort of predetermined idea of what they're like, right? Whether it's political viewpoint or, you know, just their philosophical view around technology or healthcare or whatever. And, but you get to know somebody as a person. I'm surprised all the time, not about how rotten humans are, but how essentially good humans are. You have to peel back a few layers usually, but there's a lot of goodness in people. So I want to share this, my favorite quote, because what you just said really resonates with me. Uh, so Ralph Waldo Emerson, my favorite quote, every man that I meet is my superior in some way. And in that I learned from him. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's a good quote. Yeah. So how about a few of your favorite business related books you'd recommend people read? Well, you know, you and I were talking about books earlier, just the things I've been reading lately, right? I read a lot, a lot of articles and journals and publications, but I also try to, I'm always falling behind on my books. You know, there's a great book by Steve Johnson, Where Good Ideas Come From. Recommend that. Of course, you know, going back to the beginning of all of this for me, really, 2008, 2009, when I was really starting to look at the national landscape and think, wow, you know, there's a lot of levers you can push that can make a big difference. Clayton Christensen, The Innovator's Prescription, was sort of the Bible for healthcare innovation and still is in a lot of respects. So that's another one. You know, I've got a long list, actually, Jordan, and I should probably send it to you. Yes, please do. Amazon account and look at all the things that are on my wish list still, which means I haven't read them yet. (laughs) And that says I am reading, which unfortunately is always like, you know, four to seven books at one time. But those are two that stand out for me right now that have had a big impact on the way that I've approached my career and, you know, that I think can also have a big impact collectively on changing the system. Great. Yeah, I will link to both of those. And then, Ryan, if you do want to follow up with a list, I will make sure to include that in the show notes as well. Oh, and I'll add one more to it. It's newer. And I just read it and by my friend Dan Monroe. Okay. It's called Casino Healthcare. And in today's environment right now, I think that's mandatory reading. For okay. All of your listeners that are okay. involved there, read Casino Healthcare by Dan Monroe. And then how about, what are a few of your favorite digital resources? This is where RSS feeds, which I still have, right? Uh, A lot of people have moved past RSS feeds and you can use APIs to do all kinds of things. But, you know, I get regularly updates from TechCrunch daily, more than one day, actually, and especially if there's breaking news. Mobile Health News is another great resource, I think, uh, under recognized and underutilized resource because it's sort of instantiated into everything. They cover a broad spectrum of the healthcare environment. Fierce Health IT and all of the Fierce network of resources. And then, of course, there's the standard trade publications that I think are really valuable, like Healthcare IT News and, you know, all the the HIMSS media companies, you know, have been really useful. There's one that that I uh, use now. I try to avoid subscriptions. Because if I send someone to a website and then they can't access it because there's a paywall, that's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand information longs to be free, right? But uh, you also have to pay the bills, you know. Yeah, and right. 
that's a whole other topic around how technology has impacted the publishing industry and the news media industry, right? In some respects to the good, and then in some respects not. It depends on how people respond. So all that said, it's a subscription-based uh, platform called The Information, and it's awesome. So uh, you should, everybody should check that out. It's theinformation.com. They're great. And then the other is Politico. I get a lot of news from Politico. They have a morning e-health consult. It's like a daily sheet. It's just like one web page. Bam. It's got it packed full of really good information, um, really good insights. And then if you're a geek like me, you want to have access to Politico Pro on the healthcare space because they do a great job. And that's probably a good start to a list. And I'll send you a longer list of reading material and resources because that'll be helpful for me to just sort all through that in my head. I know I missed some folks. Verge is another one. Boy, the list goes on and on. (laughs) Just a few of your favorites. So yeah, please send me a list with, with any more. Axios, A-X-I-O-S. They're new, you know, coming out of uh, the wall street journal, Folks doing the technology over there started Axios and some of the folks from Politico as well doing together in that. I can't spend too long on this because it's it's a big topic. (laughs) Right. And that's just I'm scrolling down through my Twitter feed. So, you know, one thing you could do is you could find the right folks that you want to follow in social media. And this is the power of social media is the community of folks that you can link up to and then follow them and they'll lead you to to where it all is don't take my word for it <laughs> go out there and, and find stuff yourself and then tweet at me and, and tell me you know tweet at air and say you know i heard you on the show and you are so off base i love to be challenged and i lo- i actually like it if if i can be proven wrong and so i love I don't usually take things and say, this is where it's going to going, unless I'm pretty sure that that's what's going to happen. But there have been times I was wrong, and I learned a lot from those times. And oftentimes I had people warning me, you know what, you're going off a cliff there, dude. And they were right. And uh, now I don't talk to them anymore. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. I appreciate that. I really do. So have at it. Attack away, trolls. So lastly, what is your favorite mobile app and why? Yeah, and that's a tough one. Right now, I think it's Facebook Messenger because of the advances that Facebook has made in AI lately. They're really taking a leading role. They're jumping ahead of others. You know, there's the big five, the five big technology companies by market cap, the five biggest actually companies by market cap, which all happen to be technology companies, right? There's uh, Facebook, Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, and Google, right? And they're all working on AI. And believe it or not, Facebook is at the forefront of a lot of that. And so the new things that they're doing, and Google is at the forefront too. I think Google and Facebook are clearly leading there. Uh, Amazon's going to be playing catch up real soon, I'm sure, because they got a lot of things underway. And so the things you can do now, um, some of it's goofy stuff that kids like, but some of it's really useful, you know. FaceTime is a, we're using Skype right now, you and I. FaceTime is equally useful as Skype and has feature functionality that I think goes beyond what Skype's offering today. Skype being owned by Microsoft now. And not saying anything wrong with Microsoft. I love them. I judge at their annual Microsoft Health User Group Awards. 
over the last few years. I have a lot of Microsoft products right here at my desk. But when it comes to the mobile app and sort of the, I think messaging, being able to communicate with folks is a big growth area we're seeing now. And I think that augmented reality and virtual reality are going to play into that space. And Facebook, if you looked at any of the things that they were talking about at their last developers conference, they're thinking the same thing I'm thinking. So Yahoo. (laughs) Ultimately, you know, the idea Elon Musk has is, and he's not alone in this, is that you would have a neural lace. You would have a computer brain interface that would allow you, and this is when Mark Zuckerberg words allow you to think type right like right now i can talk type i talk to my phone i don't have to type out text anymore which is great because my thumbs are getting like arthritic from texting all the time now i just talk to my phone and it knows what i say and so the idea there being that you wouldn't have to even talk you could think you could control the machines in your life with your mind so there (laughs) thanks for spending the time with us today and you know really helping us see what's coming and really talking through some of the regulatory things that you're, you're focusing on and some of the challenges and really what inspired you to, to really have this passion. So I really appreciate you being vulnerable and, and sharing that and spending some time with us today. Yeah. I appreciate you inviting me, Jordan. And anytime, you know, things are going to change a lot. And, you know, if I, if I'm invited back on your show, there's going to be things I can say, Ooh, I was a little off on that one. Or other areas where I could say, yeah, you know, I was right. Only thing is, I was thinking too slowly. Because things are happening fast now. Really fast. And it's important stuff. Is radiology even going to be, would you encourage someone to go into the radiology field? Considering what's happening with machine learning techniques and imaging? And my answer is, I've been asked that question a couple of different times. You know, should I tell my daughter, yeah, radiology is good, get into it. A lot of times there's families of physicians, right? The grandpa and mom and dad, and then the kid is looking at medical school too. And let's say find a cool enterprise that they can get into and step away from it. I've heard of guys doing that too from Hood Rainer, they do that, you know, but they, I, radiology isn't dead. But I, what I encourage them to do is look at interventional radiology. Because that's where humans are caring for humans again. If your job is something that a monkey could do, right? All you're doing is taking the pee and putting it in a cup along an assembly line. Eventually, a robot's going to do that. And a robot should do that. It should free humans up to do the higher level things that humans can do, that machines can't do. Right. And there's plenty of those things in healthcare where humans are absolutely necessary. Robots are not going to replace your doctor anytime soon. They're going to augment what your doctor can do. Well, thanks again, Brian. I appreciate it. That concludes our Rapid Fire Friday for the week. Again, for a full list of the resources we've compiled over the interviews to date, head over to www.emergemobilefirst.com and select the Get Free Resources button. And we'll send you access to the full list of resources from all of our guests. Until next week, think mobile first. Mobile first.